Hi there, global citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu. I'm coming to you from London town. Yes, every now and then I come through this town and I see people who are very near and dear to my heart. And I'm sitting with one today. And I'm really honored and excited to bring you the series of conversations that I have coming up for you over the next few weeks. I spent the first couple of weeks of June in Europe and I had the opportunity to sit down with a very, very old family friend and someone that I think is so interesting and will add so much value to this conversation about global citizenship in a multi-generational type of way. So let me get right to his introduction. He is a studio portraitist, photojournalist, and Black lifestyle photographer who in recent years has had showings in Ghana, South Africa, France, the Netherlands, the UK, and the US. His career spans six decades, and although for much of that period his work was not widely known, it has latterly been discovered by new audiences. His work was rediscovered in 2007 during the Ghana F50 Jubilee season by curator Nana Afuriata Ayem, who organized the first exhibition of his photographs at Black Cultural Archives. In his street and studio photography, he represents societies in transition in the 1950s and 60s, particularly Ghana moving towards independence and London becoming a multicultural metropolis. He was Ghana's first full-time newspaper photographer in the 1950s, and he is credited with introducing color processing to Ghana in the 1970s. It has been said that he is to Ghana and photojournalism, what Usman Simbane was to Senegal and African cinema. Mr. James Bonner, welcome to the podcast. Hello. 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 Okay, so let's get right to it. Where are you from? Where are you local? And what is your craft? Originally, I'm a Ghanaian. I come from Accra, Ghana. I lived in London for more than 20 years. London City, not London Town. You in America, you, you call London Town because you have but yeah, London is a city. It is. <laughs> That's city true. Of London, city of <laughs> London. But Brainford is a borough, a borough within the city of London. Okay. And, okay. And this is uh, Brainford near Heathrow Airport. I was a photojournalist, but now retired. So. When you say Accra, Ghana, Accra is a big city. So tell us a little bit more about your Accra. That's where I was born, mm -hmm. in Jamestown, mm -hmm. very close to the sea. I was born in 1929, mm -hmm. and I remember some vintage times in my childhood when we celebrated the coronation or the quick jubilee mm -hmm. of the king of England called King George. That was 1935, when I was six years old. Wow. Yes. Okay. And these, these are, this is something that I remember very well. When That was the year I went to school. Okay. Uh -huh. For the first time. And luckily, the coronation, the celebration of the coronation in England echoed all around the Commonwealth you know, the British Commonwealth, and all school children were given 
chocolate souvenirs, chocolate and uh, mugs or cups with the king and the queen's picture on it. And, you know, it, it was like, you know, having the, the king or the queen in your house. <laughs> and my, my father got the cups from the children and gave them the chocolates mm -hmm. to go and eat. Mm -hmm. They collected all the cups mm -hmm. and displayed them in his room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two years after 1937, he died and his son was also crowned. So mm -hmm. there was the coronation of another king and we had similar situation or celebration and we have cups of a different design, but the king too had and his wife had a, their picture on it. Those two were collected by from us, from my, my father. Okay. The, these two things I remember very well. From your childhood? My, from my childhood. So as a child, you witnessed the coronation of kings. Yes. And you were operating in what was still a colony. Yes, that's and, true. And so as you became an adult... Even before then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, two years after, there was uh, a historical earthquake in Accra, mm -hmm. uh, which, which shook, you know, and destroyed a lot of houses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was a turning point, you know, it gave us an, another experience altogether because people lost their houses and they had to dwell in temporary, you know, what, palm branch houses, uh -huh. which were built in all, you know, any available open space for people to go and live. Wow. Yes. So the earthquake, so we know that the fault line is towards Weija. All around line. Accra from, you know, all around the coastal line. Ah, yes. so it was the coast. And, ah, and okay. you know, it was terrible in Accra. Wow. Especially houses which were not Properly. With, yes. Mm -hmm. They all, you know, Collapse. so many people lost their houses. Wow. And so we had people dwelling in these uh, temporary, but with their families, you know, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And life, and that was what brought about estate houses. Mm. You know, available houses were, I mean, available lands mm -hmm. were, you know, taken over and built on for people to go and live. Mm. So what were some of the first estates? Do you remember? Uh, Mamprobi. Mamprobi. Yes. Uh, okay. Kanishi. Uh -huh. yes. So that was how they rebuilt yes. the city. Uh, oh. One at Usu. Okay. Usu. Yeah. And uh, I think we were young. I was young, so I didn't know the terms by which the people yep. went there. But mm -hmm. they were given, and I think they paid. It, it wasn't free. Right. Mm. Right. Right. But it was the yes. first attempt at organizing... Mm -hmm homes yes. for people. It was very, and in the same year, by getting to the end, the Second World War started. Mm -hmm. The same 1939. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the earthquake, I was, uh, what, 10? In June, on June 6th. In mm -hmm. mm -hmm. June 22nd, the earthquake happened. happened. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. And then later in the year, you know, the German war or America came into the right. war and she started. Yeah. Right. And Ghanaians actually were actually fought on the side of the, the British in that war? Oh, automatically, yeah. because everything that happened here 
or you know how the bridge, how bridging fared mm-hmm. affected the whole colony, right. especially Ghana. Right. You know because all our things or most of the things we we used here were ordered from abroad. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. machines. Our, yeah, everything. Textiles. We were, I mean, governed by them, mm-hmm. by the British, and so very very well connected and dependent on them. Mm-hmm. And so when they were at war, we had to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember at school, we had to do a lot of things to help the war. Mm-hmm. Yes, like cracking palm nuts. It was made into oil. Mm-hmm. And we, we collected a lot of things. And the farmers grew, they, they, they started planting rubber mm-hmm. for the tires. Mm-hmm. For lorry tasks, mm-hmm. you know, tank tasks. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. we did a lot of effort to help. And in fact, everything that was practiced here mm-hmm. for safety, we learned also, there, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, dipping headlights of uh, lorries, uh-huh. you know, so that you, you don't, you're not seeing much from the air. Ah, you see, yes, you see, okay. Either no light at all. Right, or, or dimming know, them yes. going to a lower. Yeah. Oh. A, a, a lot of things, you know, during during the war. And for six years, mm-hmm. you know, from that time to 1945, yeah. I was at school. We witnessed all these, even later part, before the war ended, there was a campaign to our school or to schools to get those who were of age mm-hmm. to join the, the army. army. Yes, from school to join wow. the army. Yes. Wow, wow. You you missed that one because you would have been. Oh, already, I was I was. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I finished at sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, so by by the time I was in the war was over. Uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. One particular one important thing was a cargo boat bringing things to Ghana was torpedoed uh-huh. just when it arrived in uh, Accra port. Wow. Yes. Okay. So, wow. So yes, it was. Wow. Yes, it was. So. So this war came to the, the, yes, the coast that, of that, Africa. That, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, all ships uh-huh. carrying co- cargo had to be guarded by uh, ships. Yep. All cargo boats yep. from Britain to English had to be guarded. Right. By. Uh, by the navy. To- Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know how this thing, it was followed from Lagos or from, you know, when, wherever it came. Uh-huh. Yes, and torpedoed there. And that is, it was called Sankara. Sankara, Sankara. Yes. ah, you know. okay. And uh, people have forgotten now, Yes. you know, because I remember 1942 when I was in Bishop School, we could see, you know, the, it, it didn't go down at once, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it, yes. It tipped and then yeah. went So we could see it from school, you know, we can see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, wow. And one thing, the risk that the fishermen did was to go at night oh. to dive and go and collect the some of the goods. The yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and they, some of them were caught. So it was something to like <laughs> selling illicit gene. You know, when we were not independent, Uh the gene that we made in Ghana was illegal. Yeah, that that gene is our our appetition. Yes, Uh yes. They caught anybody selling today is not, and the same, you know, they chased people who were trading in these things and sometimes traced them to the fishermen. 
you know, and uh, they can tell which goods because they knew what, and sometimes there were marks on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, took and trace it. So that, mm-hmm. that too was an experience. Oh, and <laughs> 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 these, these are little things that we tend to forget. Exactly. You know, as as yes. I go to school and yeah. pursue my profession or, you know, and where I lived and so on, you yes. tend to forget these little things. But exactly. now they are coming back. Right. And interestingly, because many people don't know, uh-huh. you know, yes. because I remember seeing a picture uh-huh. of soldiers building some of those temporary after the earthquake. Uh, after the earthquake, uh-huh. building in Manchaguna, the Jamestown open place that yeah. they were building. Yeah. It wasn't my picture because I wasn't anywhere near photography at that time. But I saw the picture maybe taken by government or the information services. Yes. Speaking of, so so your craft somehow I happened to go into photography. Exactly. So tell us, how did that happen? So you you finished your secondary school. Nothing like secondary school at all. Oh no. You know, elementary school okay. just because I remember my last year at school and there, there was a victory over Europe, mm-hmm. the first, mm-hmm. you know, end of the war, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we paraded, jubilees and have the band, you know, school children, we went round. So that that was it. And then uh, the, the Japanese continued. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So later, after Hiroshima, mm-hmm. there was the victory over Japan. Uh-huh, right, uh-huh. right. All, right, all, right. Okay. all that time, you know, after this, I went to teach. And so I took part in the other parade too with my school, you know, oh, okay, where I was teaching. Yeah, okay, teaching. okay, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I come to think of it, but when I was in school, uh-huh. I happened to be the editor of our school magazine. Mm-hmm. Secondary schools didn't even have magazines, mm-hmm. but our teacher got the idea of a school magazine and made me the editor. So uh, this was something that was collected during the week, uh, news or whatever, and it's, it was written in by hand on a, a double full scap yep. and pasted on the school notice board. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, everybody okay. read it, teachers yes. and even visitors. Okay. So you can imagine who will write this or who yeah. will respond to it. So even then, uh-huh. even then, a question of newspaper or journalism could be there. Storytelling yes. Yes. could be there. Yes. But at the end of the year, normally we have an English lesson to say, what would you like to be when you leave school? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I chose farming. Oh, yes. okay. okay. It surprised everybody. Really? Mm-hmm. So what did, what did they think? What what did they think you were going to go and do? Teaching. Teaching? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, because, <laughs> they, they thought, because when uh, we took our last examination mm-hmm. in October, mm-hmm. and you have that two days in October or so, and the whole of November and December, mm-hmm. before you leave school, yeah. you can go to bed right from there, I volunteered and went to teach at our okay. infant school. Okay. Oh, okay, you okay, know. okay. So they already knew you had it in you. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So then how long did you teach? About two years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. within which uh, I always say 
you know, the craft teacher, not the schoolmaster, but the craft teacher gave me a camera, something mm. like that, small, called mm -hmm. uh, Kodak Brownie. Mm -hmm. uh, Kodak Baby Brownie, yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know why he gave it to me, but that was what I started with. And then slowly I went on to another bigger camera or 120 camera, 120, uh, 620 camera, Kodak Brownie itself, Eve, and so on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And somehow, it's a long story, but I decided, no, let me go and study photography instead of teaching. And so where, where did you study? With a, a local photographer who was also my cousin. There's nobody who has so many photographers in his family like me. Oh, yes. okay. As I have been or still practicing photography or yes or something like that okay so that's uh, so you you kind of went into the family trade something like that okay. something like that from straight from school from teaching i mean yeah. from the school well i remember while i was at school uh, you know teaching uh -huh. i was borrowed to go and teach in a, a blind school the new school for the blind uh -huh. it wasn't very big they yeah. were about 10 or 12 mm -hmm. blind and the, the Presbyterian mission, they were experimenting and getting them together with a view to making mm -hmm. it, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I went to teach them how to weave baskets. Oh, okay. Which was also my speciality. Oh, yes. basket weaving. Mm, yes. Okay. Wait, but how did you learn that? Where did you learn basket weaving? That's why I say the story is long. <laughs> No, so okay. So. Okay. We got somebody starting to teach us that, and he came to the school. He's the same person teaching at the girls' school as well as the infant school. Okay. And I think by chance he got accommodation in our house. Okay. He got accommodation in our house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he had some connection there. I didn't know. You know, but he, and so when he went back, he got it. And uh, I got the chance of being with him very close. Mm -hmm. So I learned more mm -hmm. from him, both at home and at school. Even we developed a business weaving at home and selling, selling them to the market to sell. Mm. So we were very close. And I remember we ate together or I depended on him mm -hmm. during a school break. You know, oh, when we, okay. we, yes, when break, I'll go to him, he'll give you m money to buy food, and then we head together, and then I'll go back to my school and so on. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, we had that. I don't know whether he knew or he heard that I was interested in photography then or somehow. That's why when I was teaching, he gave me the camera because okay. we were very close. Okay. In fact, at one time, he was the one who recommended me being borrowed by the school for the to blind. Go to go okay. You know, because his uh, time was being tapped over, I mean, too much. Mm -hmm. When he couldn't leave the schools in a class, so he let me go. When I finished, uh, the girls' school wanted me to come and teach. Oh, and stay? Okay. Yes. Okay. You know, but... You had another calling. No, then I, w I went to this, this, you know, what should I say, the photography. Studio. I mean, after I had done my photography. Uh, after, oh. And they wanted me to come and, and I, I rather let them get somebody and 
I worked that with that person for mm -hmm. a few days or so, mm -hmm. showing how to mm -hmm. do it, and left. They even promised to add to my salary, mm -hmm. you know, because the salary was, I don't know whether you remember this, two pounds, two pounds, one and eight, <laughs> two pounds, one shilling and eight pence. Wow. A month times 12. Wow. The year you get 25 pounds. Work it and see whether I'm right. But 25 pounds a year, two pounds, one and six, and one and eight pence a month as a pupil teacher, which means uncertificated teacher. Okay. A teacher who has not been trained sure. as such, yes. And, you know, look at that and look at me doing photography, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you see. Mm -hmm. That's why I left. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they offered to add it to, I think, three, three pounds something. You know, mm, add a little bit, more. yes. No, no, not quite 50%, but yeah. That didn't, that didn't Yeah, it wasn't yeah, enough incentive. Uh, and I, I thought I was too much into photography. Sure, you know. sure, sure. But even then, that was 1949, 50. Uh -huh. You know, 1949-50, when I was just 20 years, 21. Yeah. But however, I did my apprenticeship for two years. Mm -hmm. I could have gone on more, but somehow I thought I'll go to police. Police? Yes, police. Okay. You know, as a police photographer. Okay. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I saw somebody who was a police photographer. Mm -hmm. And his antics when he's on the street taking an accident, you know, record of an accident, so it's good. It was you like the action. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I applied uh -huh. and went through everything. Yeah. I was even examined, and the police. You know, the dark room, the police, they all wanted me to come. They were expecting me. Okay. But they had to wait and get a number of recruits from various branches. Okay. And train them together. I see. You know, in policing. Yes. Not because you're a photographer right. or you're a tailor sure. or you're a clerk yeah. or this. But they put them all together mm -hmm. and do the, give the police training. Mm -hmm. So while I was waiting, my uncle, mother's uh, senior brother, who was also a photographer mm -hmm. and had retired, mm -hmm. he gave me all his equipment. So he was it's, ready to... You know, so why why wait till I... Right, to train. You know? oh. so, I, so I started... Then, okay. And he, even that was, <laughs> you know, that, that was... And I started in my aunt's room, you know, developing printing and taking pictures outside in the street, uh -huh. outside in uh -huh. the, the street. Yeah. But he gave me all his big camera. Even I used his chair. Uh -huh. When I get seated, I'll go and get his chair and his backdrop and everything. Okay. I've got evidence of anything that I see. Sure. Anything that sure. I see, sure. I've got, I remember, and I've got pictures showing what I talk about. Okay, mm. okay. So you inherited basically uh, a business. Uncle, yes. And then, so you didn't end up going to the police. No. You ended up starting your own business. It, it, it didn't please the ASV who was white. He was white. He okay. was, he witnessed my being exa examined. Oh, okay. You know, but the sergeant, 
He became my friend. The sergeant became my friend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we pick up friends all all along the road. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it was unfortunate, but you know that was my fate. Yes. I started straight away. Right. Right. And right. Uh, luckily, to he gave me some leads. Mm -hmm. You know where he used to travel to Akima Buakwa to take photographs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, he gave me some things. So even though I was in Accra and taking photographs, I got that connection. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that photography always uh, inspires travel, right? So in your work, so you've inherited your equipment and now you're starting, you're an entrepreneur. So how was how was building the business? This is the 1950s. We're, we're in a space where I feel like Ghana was starting to grumble about independence. The, the energy was starting to transition. So how did you then establish yourself as a photographer and then move into capturing a generation of important events and, and people? Well, I moved from my house, you know, family house and got a small place. And while I was there, 1950 exactly, the Mirror Group in UK decided to open a printing a newspaper in Ghana. Okay. They had the Times in Lagos already, and they wanted to start one in Ghana or Gokos at that time, 1950. Mm -hmm. Or should I say? Then there were a few presses in Gokus at the time, but they were all letterpress, mm. sort of printing mm -hmm. by letterpress and didn't need pictures mm -hmm. every day. Sure. But the Mirror wanted to bring a rotary press. Mm. So they got somewhere. And in fact, they, they wanted somebody. The, the uh, chairman or the president himself came with a photographer to go around and look for and they went to the one who trained me mm. and he, he directed to me and said, I don't do this type of photography, but I know somebody who does. And they came to me, they looked at my work and said, uh, not quite, but we'll train you. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow come to the graphic. Why this journalistic, say, I was an editor of our school magazine. Mm -hmm. So storytelling, chasing news, knowing what is news and so on, was, you know, in me, mm -hmm. in a small way. Mm -hmm. And while I was studying with my cousin as an apprentice, I met another person who was already working for the information services department in the dark room. He didn't mm -hmm. go out to take pictures, mm -hmm. but he had taught himself and he, he was more like a photographer, journalist, or news than anything I can think of. And he, I met him, and I started understanding him as well, or associating with him. And he introduced me into uh, books. Mm, photography books. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, as well as other photographers' work sure. and so on. Mm -hmm. You know, where I studied in the studio, it was all only what we did there. Mm -hmm. But this one, you know, open your eyes into other things and, you know, news, people, and so on. So that 
helped me, you know, to accept and fit into the daily graphic, God. you know, uh, and and when these people came, it was the daily graphic, mm -hmm. daily times in Nigeria mm -hmm. and graphic, yeah. and so I was employed straight away. And we worked for about two months or so, preparing and getting together mm -hmm. and knowing what we were the going strategy. to do. Because mm -hmm. it was the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First time, even a lot of journalists, sub-editors, and these were working together. Uh, we worked, uh, and the paper, I remember the paper came out on the 2nd of October, 1950. I don't know if the people working on graphic know when the first paper came out. I'm sure they don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because these things, these, these things, you know, when you, you go through it, you forget. Yeah, you see? it's true. Yeah. Uh, so October. And luckily, luckily, I've got an ID or something like okay. that. Uh, when the labor department started uh, recording to get statistics of who is working where, how many Oh, uh, yes. Tailors we have, you know, how many, you know, drivers we have. They, they recorded and made, and they came to the graphic when I was busy. They uh, want to take your picture. And so I had that card with all my details. Okay. You see, and the date. Uh -huh. So when I say, you know, some months or a couple of months before October 1st, that I had something ah, there to so you were to there before. And yeah, you were the... It's in my archives now. Okay. You know, okay. who my chief was, my mother's name, my father's name, yeah. and uh, what I was doing. And it was photographer, reporter, photographer. Okay. That was my Your title then, yes. Mm -hmm. So it was the experience with the daily graphic, uh -huh. setting it up and working with them. That made me a different person from the studio photographer. Yes. Mm. So I had two mm -hmm. completely different professions. Yes. Right, yes. Yeah. Approaches to photography. Sure. You know. and, and you know, it's it's actually visible in your work. And I I feel you you kind of played with both as you went through your career. Yes. Yeah. And uh, one has to teach uh, me to live. Mm -hmm. One has to eat. One has to be. Self con so having a studio is important, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you see, mm -hmm. and being with the leading, studying from the leading photographer, you know, in Accra, mm -hmm. a portrait photographer. At least I know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. But the graphic side caught me more. The action. As a young person, you know, like to run around chasing news, you know, doing things, then sitting for people to come yeah. and be photographed with a big camera, right. you know, big camera with a black cloth and yeah. so on, and a large, yeah, the difference is that one is a large negative, yes. plate negative, plate negative. Uh -huh. and then the roll film, yeah. and today, look at today, you don't you even put a film in. Yeah, yes. it just goes so straight. So things are going. Yes. And, I mean, that... It was the influence I, that the daily graphic or the newspaper work had on me. That even introduced me to the drum when drum it magazine. was, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so with the graphic and the drum all rely on me for supply. Sure. You know, or I had access to sure. uh, the sell my work. That they were interested I mean, in. yeah. I, I was okay. These two had great influence on me. Uh -huh. And for the independence, how we started 
the graphic, the process of how the graphic came to start and to cast an influence on the Ghanaian public. Mm -hmm. First, nobody had his feature in the, unless the big people. Mm -hmm. Today, even a market woman can be selling and tomorrow he will find her, mm -hmm. her picture in the paper mm -hmm. or in weekend magazine mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's had a big... I can't talk about it, but... No, I understand. Yes. It, it created a connection. Yes, and people, people got mm -hmm. to be interested in photography. Yeah. People, through the newspaper, even some uh, trotro or lorries, they will cut, you know, they will do a cutting and paste it in mm -hmm. their cars mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. so on. You know, it's, people started said even believing in the paper because right. they see the picture. Right, you know. right. Now, then elections and politics come in and the graphic played a big part, yeah. you know, projecting politics mm -hmm. as well as sports, mm -hmm. especially football. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Roy Ankara comes from the army, you know, drums, the graphic is published, everything to give publicity to the otherwise not known. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody had, uh, I did that a lot. Mm -hmm. When I was at the graphic, I didn't, I didn't permanently stay with the graphic. Okay. I... You took assignments. After a short time, I left. Okay. Because I had my studio. Right. You know, right. I remember going back again. You know, there's a picture on the corner there. The picture is on the this wall. One? Yes, two people. Yes. With the camera. Yeah, who are they? Me uh -huh. and my assistant at ah, the graphic. Okay. You know, okay. I remember that was 1950, the second time I went to the graphic. But this wall is at your studio. Yes. So the, these were my showing my work or how I decorated the studio. Yeah. The second one, not, not the, not first, the first one. You know, the, when I came back and, you know, left again, finished with the company that I came to work with. I had to do something. That's where Auntie Mary's picture was taken. At the studio? Yeah, outside. When I was enclosing that veranda uh -huh. to make it a studio. Uh-huh. Oh! When that picture, I sure. was, you can see some Construction, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, I was giving just one room. Okay. For a dark room. Uh-huh. And, and you had to build the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a veranda in front. And I... Yes bought blocks. blocks and covered it. And yeah. that was when I took that picture. So that picture is very important. Yeah, to me. it was a building you know, block for you. Very, very important. Yeah. And even there, that very corner, uh -huh. I call it Studio X23, I took very many important pictures. And then, okay. yes. So where where is that now in Jamestown? So if we were to now, go back. Now, Jamestown was the ever young. Okay, that was the first one. Yes. Okay. Near the CV Hotel, which yes. now the CV Hotel is not the there. Yeah. I, I would say Manchagona. Okay, uh, and across also, from the palace. Yes. yes. You, from, from that place, you can see the park. Okay. You know, from my studio, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can see, look at the park and the James Fort. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. So the studio is there, was there before. There's somebody occupying it, doing other things. Okay. But the second one was a printing press at. Uh, it's called Luna Press. Luna, Luna Press. Printing Press mm -hmm. and Janfi Garments. 
Jamfi also made Jurumi mm -hmm. shirts and so on. Mm -hmm. He also occupied a part yes. of it. Yes. Okay. But it's, I've got a picture of it somewhere. I'll show you okay. later. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, that is the X23. And a small place, but a big yard. But my place was only one room. Later, I moved and got another room okay. in addition. Okay. You know, their office. I moved their telephone. <laughs> <laughs> to and you, you see the, the, the blue picture. You know, the blue picture. Yes. Uh -huh. His grandfather's press. Oh, his okay. father. His father is there. You know, there's a picture of his father there. Okay. His father's gra grandfather's press. It was in yeah, the same place. They were the one, the director. You know, the person doing my exhibition now. Oh, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh. The one in Detroit. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're all Kwakupung. This is Kwakupung. Ah, okay. The, the press man oh. is Kwakupung. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And the house belonged to the Detroit's grandfather's grandfather. grandfather. Yes. Okay. His father's father. Okay. You know, yes. Oh, that's a lovely uh, And he was saying when he was, I was there, he was a small boy, you know, coming to... To see, see his uncle, exactly. no, not to me. His to uncle, say, oh, his yes. uncle. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, okay, okay. But I've got photographs of all of that, all of them. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, that's <laughs> wonderful. So you are now in your early twenties or mid twenties. You've got in. You've you've been an entrepreneur. You've worked in with the graphic, and Ghana is approaching independence. So how how did you experience independence or liberation? As well? I, I would say. As young as I was then, or young people were were really not mindful. They were not interested in mm. self government, you know, or government mm -hmm. or such. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As long as they were getting their education, they are getting their jobs and everything. Mm -hmm. everything. But when Nkrumah came in, yes, he had a plan, mm -hmm. you know, and he he had done his own work. He knew where to go. So he started campaigning and using the youth, mm -hmm. focusing on the youth and so on, the market women. Mm -hmm. So that's the everyday person. Yes. Mm -hmm. Every that's right. And that's how not not only relatives, mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. everyday person, people who matter people in the country. Mm -hmm. I was telling Ankara about the difference mm -hmm. between somebody running a country and having a care yes. for the people in yes. the country. Yes. That's, yes. you know, I was saying that I had to go to a mental, listen, a doctor last week, mm -hmm. and I went with her mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to check me because I was, I forget, oh, and okay. I was referred there. And the thing is to see that what is wrong. Normally, when you are growing, and the mental faculties start to wear out and so on, mm -hmm. you know, how far, they wanted to see how far has it gone down or how far is it, and what they can do, what advice. Sure. And even if they want to give you some drug, you know, mm -hmm. to cut the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the deterioration. And I was say, telling her that if this was done in Ghana, many people would be saved. If mm -hmm. there, there was that service, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you don't wait till the person gets mad, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but this service should be there. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. You see, yeah. but if Nkrumah had been If alive, that leadership yes, had, yeah, had been, yeah, played on, out, yeah, we would have. There would have been the basis for which sure. I saw it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but now 
we don't see the same. So you see the difference between, and the youth started following him, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I was a number one fan. Mm. I photographed him in his house. And so whether I did get a CPP card, a party card, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't right. remember that. But you were the uh, otherwise, I would know the number. Oh, I would remember okay. the number. Sure, uh -huh. sure. But I was close, or that attitude gave me the chance to be able to go to anybody, mm -hmm. whether the opposition leader mm. or this mm. or that, you know. Some of the members of the assembly, I knew their constituencies, I knew their homes. Mm -hmm. And so I felt free sure. and I could do anything. Yeah. You know, so it's up to you and what you learn from them. And I thought I still would like Nkrumah to have gone on to bring the things that he... Because he had, he'd been through the mill. Mm -hmm. He'd been in America. He'd been... True, we seen how blacks were suffering and mm -hmm. what needed for black people to, you know, start to gain independence and control themselves mm -hmm. and do their own things. If today Ghana is still ordering food, ordering rice, when in his time he started building silos yeah. to store food, yes. you know, it's... Mm -hmm. it's yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a whole other story. I'm not crying for him. I'm, yeah, I could cry for him, but you can see it. Yes, you know, the difference. I don't like the people who are running country, but I feel sorry that they haven't got that. You see, I haven't got money. If I had to tell you what I suffered or what I went through during my school days mm -hmm. until I got to start to do photography, mm -hmm. you'll be sorry for me. But as soon as I came here and I found my pictures were being recognized. I straight away thought about James Barrow Foundation. Mm. Long ago, mm -hmm. long ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially when, when I came the second time. Sure, sure, you know, sure. Mm -hmm. And I was cleaning. When I came, I was cleaning at the airport, oh, yeah. riding a bicycle from here to the airport. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I got my first, uh, is it the, even before the first exhibition, yes, the first exhibition, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, if I, I could die at any time, what would happen to this? Now, if I got a lot of money, what do I do with it? There are many people crying for help. Mm -hmm. And I did it. Mm -hmm. You see, so it shows. And you can see, even when I was forced to get this place, yeah, I'm yeah, annoyed. Yes. <laughs> you know, I can go on. Yes. <laughs> I remember. So yeah. you have to have that feeling. That's why I feel for Nkrumah. Yeah. You know, because he brought that thing. He, yeah. brought, he brought that feeling and he had people at the time to help him. Only one person, you know, they hadn't seen it before. They got it. So they bought golden beds. I don't know whether you... you I've know never heard that story. Nkrumah, what we say. Oh, you know, okay. you know, they, they hadn't seen it before. <laughs> and he got money, came here, bought a golden bed. Oh, wow. You see, yeah. but only a few, but others sacrificed right. a lot, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is what makes, what is Ghana today, right? Ghana was made, was built on sacrifice of people who really had a vision. Yes. And so I think the future will also depend on that. That's, that's something that we need to think about. 
That's going to do it for part one of my conversation with James Barnard, Uncle Jim. Please do join us next time for more and more and more of this great story and great journey. So in case you haven't already, like, share, subscribe, tell somebody there's some historical importance in this in, in many of our episodes. You can catch us Tuesdays with new episodes at globalcitizenspod.com or wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor, write a review on Spotify, on Apple, on Google. Just write us a view. It helps people find great content online. And until next time, bye for now. <laughs>